0: This episode is supported by Dove. Over half of the girls around the world suffer from low self-esteem, which causes them to opt out of important life activities and puts their health at risk. The Dove Self-Esteem Project is the world's largest provider of self-esteem education and teaches the next generation to feel comfortable in their own skin by working with schools and parents. Dove has created and uses educational evidence-based resources that are designed to help young girls and boys reach their full potential. They cover topics like bullying and social media to help young people build a positive relationship with the way they look. You can get these printable resources to help increase the self-esteem in the young people in your life at dove.ca slash self-esteem. But Alex. Yeah, Shane?
1: let's begin the episode
0: (laughs) let's do it hello everyone i'm alex and i'm here with my husband shane the babies are in bed the cat is in her room and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this family tree podcast episode 68
1: new year new us
0: new year new us what's so new about us well
1: 2021 is just so different from 2020
0: (laughs) so different and it's so different that we are even starting the new year with some of our old favorite 2020 guests we have the authors of the rebel mama's handbook for cool moms nikita stanley and alex jassim who used their time in the pandemic not only to re-release the Handbook for Cool Moms, but to write and release an entirely new book called Get Your Shit Together, which looks to empower women and moms through helping you get a hold of your finances.
1: And this dad felt empowered. I know that wasn't the <laughs> yes. intention of the book, but I did read the book. I did love the book, and I recommend it to everyone. I know the the target audience, though, would be women, obviously.
0: Well, yeah, they do say F the patriarchy a lot in it, which I get. But I think, you know, men and women alike can learn something from that. And honestly, it really helps to break it down it's like finances for dummies finances for people who want to do well who want to learn how to take care of their money and who want to get their shit together and it's such a good read
1: yeah it was a little bit awkward though uh initially in this interview as usually we record all of our we video record all of our episodes now on zoom and i make these cute little promos and it i don't know it's kind of a fun thing (laughs) But they weren't prepared to be videotaped. I stupidly forgot to tell them, so they were feeling like uh, maybe they weren't looking camera ready. Even though I thought they, they looked fine,
0: they looked insane. Like insane, they looked insanely bably. Sorry, I should finish that. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't look insane. Insane in the good way. Like you sick. guys
1: look insane. <laughs> now I'll pause for ten seconds and then say Lee Bably.
0: You know, I, I have to say I forgot insane had a negative context as well. I've only been using it in like the totally positive awesome term, but they looked insanely baby. You
1: are a snowboarder, Sorry. right? And that's They looked
0: of... insanely baby.
1: But point is, they were they were like, "Oh, please, you know, uh, if we don't have to record." And I was like, "I don't have to record if you don't want to." And they're like, "Well, you can record if you want to, just <laughs> don't use it." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm not going to be the weird guy who's like, I'm recording anyway." <laughs> Long story short, afterwards they warmed up to the idea they of did. it being, I should have hit record, uh, but I did not. Anyway, that's my little anecdote about well, look, this I re- interview, I re- I think because we respect- do reference it during the interview.
0: I think they'll respect the fact that you didn't record them after they asked you not to, but yeah, I'm kind of wishing you did too. I All don't right.
1: want to be that creep.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but babe, Cheers
1: cheers so what do we have our here? drink
0: tonight so i want you to look
1: su- like you went above and beyond here these, these drinks you. look insane
0: thank you <laughs> thank you for recognizing that so for those that can't see we are drinking out of tiki glasses like they're not glasses they're like full-on 20 ounce tiki mugs that we got from a local pizza place actually called my pie they're amazing oh, how is oh, it yeah.
1: yeah we are drinking the good drink
0: I wanted to surprise you, Shane, but you caught me halfway, so I made the Seedlip Spice 94 Coconella drink, which is honey syrup, simple syrup, coconut milk, Seedlip Spice 94, and lemon juice, and it's like, it takes you to a tropical place. It's very delicious, and
1: you grated even some cinnamon on top. Mind you, you use the cinnamon that is disgusting in our house. We have two types of cinnamon sticks, a normal kind and some kind that's weird.
0: You know what, they're organic Ceylon- cinnamon sticks and i paid premium for them i thought they were gonna be the best things ever but they're they're not but they taste fine in this mm.
1: but yeah shall we begin with my topics let's begin okay topic
0: Man, number one
1: good. 2021 and so it starts with us getting robbed out of oh, the my truck oh god So some person rifled through the truck and grabbed our camera. Our camera. Now we've purchased three cameras for this podcast and other things that we do online. Initially I bought three because I wanted to have a main camera and one camera on you, one camera on me when we record these video podcasts. That Mm -hmm. turned out to be a little overkill. A A little overkill, a little too much work. Juice wasn't worth the squeeze. So I just kind of gave you a camera and I used the camera for my purposes and then we had a backup camera. What ended up happening is a few months ago you dropped the one camera I didn't and smashed drop it. drop
0: it. I had it. Okay, I I thought it was in the tripod properly and then I angled it downwards and as I'm laying there on the couch like posing for my, you know, hot photo. The camera comes crashing down, falls on the floor, and because the lens was sticking out, it got jammed. So now it won't go back in. And I thought I put it in the tripod properly, but I, I, I didn't.
1: You didn't. I didn't. And this is just a fancy way of saying you broke the camera because you didn't <sighs> put it in properly.
0: I still have so much guilt over that because that was such a stupid move. I just, I, I thought it was in.
1: Okay, that camera was down. But it's like, oh, well, that was the backup camera. We still have two cameras. I use my camera. You use yours. We always just look after them individually. Then, now we're down to one camera. So we're sharing one camera right now. No, I,
0: I cannot believe, though, that we got broken into because there have been so well, the many... the door
1: was left open. To even say broken into is an exaggeration because it's just we forgot to yeah. lock the door.
0: But honestly, there's been so many circumstances in which, you know, we haven't locked the doors. I think I told on this podcast before the story of the night after our combined bachelor party shane and i had a bachelor party together and then that night when we came home we left the front door open my purse was strewn about money all over the place cell phones everywhere and it was like that all night with a pizza box also at the front door that we also ate and our house never got broken but
1: we were passed out on the floor. So I think if a burglar went in, they would be like, uh-oh, there's actual breathing people <laughs> But you on don't the think they'd here.
0: think it was like a murder scene. That's like probably what that's it looks like. That's
1: scary. It's scary to steal from a murder scene though too because you could be implicated in the murder and all you wanted to do was grab some 20s off the ground. So
0: do we leave like fake limbs in the car at nighttime just in case somebody's ever thinking of breaking in?
1: Alex, I know you're trying to be funny and it's working. Hilarious <laughs> idea. Yes, that's what we should do. It's a bit of a comedy show, people, if this is your first episode. (laughs) Shane
0: thinks I'm hilarious.
1: I do. Uh, But yeah, this seems small potatoes because what's going on in the States right now, again, everything that seems political actually isn't. It it transcends politics. It's a form of terrorism. Mm -hmm. What's going on, Alex, for the people who don't know? Because I can't explain it properly.
0: (laughs) No, you know, and this is also, I think, just for us to kind of place this podcast in a moment in time. So there's been a pro-Trump supporter insurrection. They sieged the Capitol. They were armed. People had ties like they were going to take hostages. And it's...
1: Like they were going to hogtie some people in there? That was the plan?
0: Yeah. They were were going after members of Congress to take as hostages, as far as it seems. And they've arrested those people. And I assume that they're going to continue investigating and get more information. But it is... It's truly scary. There was an attempted coup d'etat. Like, that I seems I love that to be, word,
1: but I think I hate what it is.
0: Yes. Yes. Cool word. Terrible thing. Terrible thing in most cases. I mean, in history, there's been some... But I want to
1: start using this word, so explain what exactly what a coup d'etat That's is. That's
0: when you overthrow the government. Usually, the military is also behind it, too, but there is a... Forced overthrow of the sitting government.
1: Mm, so not a word I can just throw around casually with my friends.
0: Not really. Sounds like, not hey really. fellas,
1: let's have a coup d'état tonight.
0: <laughs> coup coup d'état. <laughs> <What?
1: laughs> <laughs> shana's cooties.
0: <laughs> how, yeah. how do I
1: say coup d'état? Coup
0: d'état. It's like C O U P and then D apostrophe E T A T.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> just confirmed word I'm never going to use except on this podcast. Coup d'état.
0: But yeah, so we're laughing. It is not a funny thing. We have been stressed out all week, obviously, like doom scrolling our phones and the news. And
1: Well, kind of speak for yourself here, Alex, because I was going to bring up, is it strange that it's so surreal this time we're living in that I'm not even that weirded out by it? I'm like, just add it to the pile and this is my new life now.
0: Well, see, what's scary is that, you know, the people that did this stand for everything that you and I do not stand for and the fact that there are so many of them Involved in this and the fact that they're planning another one. We'll see what happens for the 17th. Apparently This is all terrifying because you know, i've had people that follow me on instagram They've reached out to me this week and they say well, There was one person that said stop shoving political Shit down our throats and i'm like, hey, first of all, this is my account I can i'm entitled to stating my opinion Um and also it it is so above, like you said, political ideals. It's about humanity, it's about standing for helping other people or standing for, you know, just watching out for yourself.
1: Well, and America's a superpower and they're we're attached to them.
0: Well, that's the thing. So it's pretty close to Canada. A lot of people in the US and listeners, if you live in the US, you may know this because you listen to us every week. You may not know this. But Canada is so deeply impacted by the events that happen in the U.S. You are so hard-pressed to find a Canadian who, you know, doesn't have an opinion on things because we are so deeply impacted. So that's why we worry. Yeah,
1: it, it definitely feels surreal, though. That mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that this is reality. But, yeah, I wish everyone could be happy. I don't know how that will ever happen. <laughs> I guess it's not possible, right? Life is complicated.
0: Yeah, I think we just have to wait for a lot of racist people to die off and then and then we'll be on the way
1: all right let's hope for those deaths now (laughs) (laughs) um oh speaking of deaths i kind of killed the segment last week way preemptively when we were talking about new year's resolutions so i just blabber on all about mine and just leave the old wife without anything so i apologize for that what are your new year's resolutions i
0: hadn't even realized i guess i was so excited by yours i didn't realize i didn't talk about mine my resolutions, one is to move every single day. Shane, have I made good on that in the first week of the new year?
1: You have, and um, I've, I'm I'm hesitant to talk about it <laughs> Why? because I feel like every time you mention working out, it's like you almost imply you want some motivation or tips from me. But if I give any <laughs> mild motivation. You'll be like, fuck the patriarchy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not asking you to be thin or anything. I'm just saying, no, if you hold the weight like this, it'll help your tries. And you're like, leave me alone, you pig. And it's like, Alex, I want you to know, and I want everyone to know listening to this podcast, I do not care your fitness level. I only care because I want you to be happy. So... I did get Alex weights in her stocking. That was not some weird gift to be like, hey, honey, how about if you get a six pack and some triceps? You wanted to use my weights, so I got you those. Don't take anything, any advice or anything I'm giving you as me forcing you to.
0: Well, here's the thing, because, you know, I do love talking to you about it, because I like, like, we're both in a kind of, like, a fitness zone together. We want to get our cardio up. We want to feel good, and... I really like talking about it to you. But then, oddly, in conversation sometimes, you will say something that, you know, I will, for some reason, it'll make me get my back up, I'll get defensive, and you could have zero harm in it. It could be the most innocuous thing. And I will totally get my back up. And I will think it's like a patriarchal thing, even if it's not. So I need to get better at that, because I totally know that's not your intention. And I want to say, like, I totally... Totally. So, so, so appreciate you this week. One of my favorite parts of our entire marriage. This is one of my favorite moments of our whole time together, Shane. I'm intrigued. We went out on a little, we went out on a run together and we've never, we've played sports together. We've worked out together. But it was just you and I, the kids were being watched by their grandparents while they napped. And you and I went for a run. And it was like wow. the what nicest... What an exciting
1: marriage we have.
0: No, I... It was I, the
1: best moment in our entire No, marriage. I think
0: there is something so beautiful in the mundane things, like going out for a run together. And it, you know, was just something that you and I are doing to feel better on our own. But being able to do that together and have that time to, to talk and get out in the middle of the day when we're both like, you know, needing a little fresh air and everything... It was just so rejuvenating, and like thank you for that I, I I had so much fun doing that
1: you're welcome because I felt a little bit under pressure on on that too <laughs> you? because you're a very fast walker. I'm a decent runner, but walking at a fast pace is something I struggle with, and I find it very tricky to keep up with you
0: because <laughs> uh, we we did like a half walk half run on this I also power like thing. listening
1: to music or a podcast so talking while I'm kind of moving isn't my favorite thing so not to disagree with you because it was a great moment but I, w- <laughs> I would put it in the like maybe top 3,000 things we've done as a couple for you it's number one though
0: Is it not number one it's up there it's one of my favorite things it was so nice and honestly it was so unexpected I, I just really enjoyed that
1: resolution number two
0: resolution number two you know I wrote these down in a post the other day and I forget what they were but
1: I, I got mean, one for you. What? No more floaties in the Shane. toilet. There was three floaties left in the toilet this morning. I know. I you know? know? Yes. How does someone knowingly leave floaties? I thought the floaties were an accidental thing. What? You're leaving purposeful floaties Why for me to discover? This? <laughs> well, I want to nip it in the bud. And I, th- I thought...
0: No, there's or in reason. the butt in <laughs> this case. <laughs> there's a reason behind this. And I'm very curious you're now. You're such a dick. So... Those. You're such a
1: little shitter. Literally. There's little Stop. tiny ones.
0: You are not supposed to see those. So I <laughs>
1: Were they presents? <laughs> I was supposed to wrap those.
0: Oh my god. I'm so embarrassed. So in the middle of the night, I'm up six times a night to feed the baby. Okay. So I fed the baby. I'm like ninjaing across the room so I don't hit any of the creaky parts on the floor. I sneak into our bathroom that's attached to our bedroom. And I had I had to Go number two. So I went number two. And then I went back in bed because I didn't want to flush and wake up the baby. And then in my mind, I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll just wake up when the baby wakes up and flush. And then whatever. And then I just didn't because I was too tired.
1: Well, just before I go in the washroom, because when I, you wake me up and say, "I'll oh, take the baby down, just say, warning, there's floaties in the toilet. Because it's not the best way to start my day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: supposed to see that That, I heard yeah, yeah and again they weren't floaties they were just cute little turds
1: okay um do you have any other
0: yeah yeah I want to find out a way to better help our community that's something I've always liked doing I've always enjoyed getting out there on my own and you know just doing things fundraising whatever it is making lunches making dinners for people in need and during quarantine I you know, we contributed financially to different causes. But as far as me actually getting out and doing things, I didn't. And I felt so guilty. It was like, one hand, I didn't know how really to get out there myself. Because of course, being a high risk person, like we're living like Howard Hughes in our house. But then also, but
1: we did donate a lot of money. To I know, Cherry.
0: I know. But that matters, right? It does. But there's something that I really enjoy about like actually doing the things, like making the food, giving it to people, being there, being a part of it.
1: I just like giving the money.
0: Yeah. And here's, I would love, I would love for you to actually be there with me one day and, you know, see the effects of doing good. And it's, it, nothing fills you up more than this, I'm telling you. And I would love it if we can do that as a family, but I don't know when we're going to be able to do that or what we can do. So I want to figure that out.
1: Okay, so I- anything else that missing here?
0: No, I, I think that's it.
1: Okay, I wanted to talk about your last name, and let's get to the bottom of oh, exac- <laughs> exactly what it is, because at first you were telling me, oh, I'm using the last name, our last name, our married last name, which is my last name, that's just how we structured it, and you wanted to be Alexandra Cunningham, you wanted to take my name in the traditional way that married people would right. do back in the day, just, right. but then I noticed you weren't using that name. Uh, but you said, I'm not only using my maiden name at my job. And then you said, outside of that, I'm going to use it all the time. I'm like, okay. I go to pick up a pizza. I'm like, hi, I'm here for Alex. They're like, okay, what's your last name? I'm like, Cunningham. Alex Cunningham ordered the pizza and I'm her husband. They go, I'm sorry. there There is none of, no one by that name is here. I'm like, oh, uh, Lamparski. And they're like, oh, A. Lamparski did did leave her name. Same thing. I, then I, I talk to you. I'm like jokingly. I'm like, hey, you didn't use the Cunningham last name. You're like, oh, I know. I just uh, force a habit. Then we get the pizza again a few weeks later. You do the same thing to me.
0: Okay, okay. I have You totally hate Cunningham. I love no, Cunningham. I do you dingus. I love it. There is a very sound reason why I use my maiden name. So the people that own this new pizza restaurant that's amazing went to my high school. So I'm thinking, even if, like, they we weren't ever friends or anything like that, they see Alex Lamparski, and they're like, oh, a high school person, and they, like, put extra pepperonis on or something.
1: I can promise you this person did not go to your high school.
0: <laughs> Probably not the person answering the phone, but the owners of this pizza place went to high school with me.
1: I seriously doubt that.
0: No, I, I promise you. I, I know they did. And... My hope is that if they're like making the zaz or like Lamparski, then it's like oh, they either know me or they know Jake, and then it's like, yeah, extra pepperoni, more sauce, extra cheese. So you you're know? telling
1: me you're using the Cunningham name going forward?
0: Yeah, unless it's a circumstance where I think my maiden name will benefit us as a couple.
1: Okay, uh, let me see here. Oh, uh, I wanted to talk about the format of the podcast. So. 2020 was a bit of an experimental year. We -hmm. had some super long pods that we had, had one that was four hours long. I was
0: going to say, yeah. We
1: had ones where we would talk about, we would have sleep experts and potty training experts. And we really were trying to figure out what does everyone want. It's very hard to please everyone. But this year we are going to try shorter pods. Mm -hmm. We're going to try medium length pods. And we're going to have some of our traditionally... Length. Pod. So
0: we're all across the board. But,
1: but it's still the content. Also in regards to experts, I'm going to try to get broader. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get broad experts. And I don't mean like female, women? not women. <laughs> That's why I wanted to set you up for that joke. So I, I changed it. And the reason is I don't want people who aren't going through potty training mm-hmm. to just be skipping it. I want if it's like someone who can help with productivity everyone can relate to that or need that so we're trying to make it a little bit more accessible to everyone without just totally changing our our thing yeah uh we're still going to be the same our interview style hopefully will improve but generally be the same and i wanted to note that and also yeah we're going to try some weeks to do two pods a week who knows maybe that'll be our new thing where every week we do two pods a shorter one and a longer one and expect to see old shaney boy on alex's instagram because apparently the people want it which scares me a little bit because you bought me a horrible christmas gift last year which was a sweatshirt that pardon the term douchebags would typically wear in circa 2001 (laughs) and you weren't joking when you got it for me you thought i would like it yeah but it's one of the only things you ever bought me that i genuinely do not like but
0: it's great for holding passports it's comfy
1: but i was wearing it today uh, when I went on my run because I don't care if I sweat in it and then I got home from the run and you were filming me and then made fun of my outfit on it well
0: well I I felt like I had to address the outfit because you were filmed in it and honestly I don't care I think it looks fine but because you are so self-conscious I thought we'd have to address it Mm -hmm. you know talking about you coming on the Instagram account more often yeah so I've got dads who follow me or you know husbands and partners of the moms that follow my account and I've had a requ- I had a request this week for more Shaney boy on the Instagram giving the dad's perspective giving the partners perspective and I think that is such a good thing to do and I've had that request in the past but I never really took it seriously but I think we need to start doing that and I, I think that you know there's so many motherhood accounts moms are so comfortable talking to each other putting their feelings out there but it is so much harder to find with dads and dads are going through so many of the same things that moms are especially in quarantine and I think it's going to be a very valuable opinion I think it's gonna be great
1: okay you know I have problems writing though I'll help I don't like the commas I'll help so I'll you'll kind of interview me and I'll say it and then you write (laughs) it down
0: it'll be we'll, we'll have the method good it'll work out I'm promising you
1: thank you but that's all I have today. Is there anything else you... No,
0: let's to... let's hit it with the Rebel Mamas.
1: Okay, but before that, let's tell everyone who we are supported by.
0: We are supported by Seedlip.
1: Seedlip!
0: Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip spirit solves the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever.
1: And we're saying when you're not drinking alcohol, just be clear, because mm-hmm. when you're not drinking alcohol, you drink Seedlip.
0: You drink Seedlip or you should because really your only other options typically are like water, sugary mocktails and things that make you feel like a child. But with Seedlip, you can make complex, really beautiful cocktails to, you know, make it feel like you're actually a part of the social event or whatever it is.
1: Definitely. Like uh, our daughter would not drink this drink because it has that alcoholic feel oh without God. actually being alcohol. And a lot of these sugary drinks you could give to Lucy and she it's sec- like drinking Kool-Aid.
0: That's a good way of putting it. And whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every kind of drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grow 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which you can pair perfectly with just a splash of tonic or, like I said, make a more complex cocktail, like the ones that you'll find in the Seedlip cocktail book or on their Instagram, at Seedlip on Na. So head on over to seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code THISFAMILYTREE10 for 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. This is available in Canada and in the U.S. Again, that is seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and THISFAMILYTREE10.
1: But we are also supported by
0: my breast friend. My Breast Friend is the number one choice of nursing pillow for millions of parents around the world who nurse their babies. It
1: is the breast in the business. And yes, (laughs) breast is spelled B-R-E-S st in this case
0: for more than 25 years my breast friends patented wraparound design has supported people in over 40 countries and thousands of birthing hospitals to support successful nursing and shane you've used it too
1: i know i won't shut up about it we tell this story many a time but yes men can use it too (laughs) because men have breasts
0: They have breasts, but they don't use them to produce milk, but you can bottle feed your baby, in which case you might still need a nursing pillow. Correct. So lactation consultants around the world credit the pillow for helping parents achieve longer and more comfortable feeding cycles than they thought possible. I can personally attest to this. I really, really love this pillow. It's the only thing I use. The rest of my nursing pillows, thrown out, donated, given away.
1: And we still have a stack of them in the backyard. That's how long <laughs> we searched for the perfect breast
0: pillow. It is simply the best, most supportive choice for successful breastfeeding. You can purchase My Breast Friend online at buybuybaby.com, target.com, walmart.com, babylist.com, and amazon.com.
1: But now without further ado, let's get to Nikita Stanley and Alex Jassim.
0: So folks, we have Nikita Stanley and Alex Jessum Of course, they are the authors of The Rebel Mama Handbook, and most recently, Get Your Shit Together, a book about financial literacy. Congrats on the book, by the way. That's a huge COVID (laughs) accomplishment. Thank, thank you, you. <laughs> it was
2: written in quarantine so oh, it nice. was definitely a labor of love
1: so you yeah. did Did you have a second book planned beforehand or it was just oh you did yeah nodding yes yeah
2: we like we signed up for that in the fall of 2019 we just didn't realize that when the bulk of the work would happen in quarantine with our <laughs> right. kids at home
0: <laughs> we laugh so we don't cry yeah yes. <laughs>
3: of course but
0: it's done right the hard part's over like what's is promotion now and how does that work yeah. in quarantine it's not like it's a lot book of virtual
4: tours. no and we had you know we kind of had to like mourn the loss of what would have been a book tour and we had a lot of fun stuff set up but mm. everything I mean we launched our other book in quarantine too we launched our first book on April 1st so we're used to these quarantine <laughs> book launches now. We're like old pros. We're like it's fine. Who needs in person events? <laughs> Not us.
0: So wait, wait. But luckily,
4: we are virtual. So
0: your first book was out like when I first got pregnant like your your first book's been out for a while so what do you mean you launched so that during quarantine well we so, self-published
2: yeah. yeah we self-published okay. our first book and we we kind of did it ourselves and then we put it in the hands of harper collins right. and they bought the rights and we added some new content and we added new visuals and we put out a brand new edition in 2020 okay. yeah
0: that's memorable. And this
1: book came out after Christmas. I wanted to talk about the release date for a second. Was that strategic? Because you know, people are going to be the, at their brokest point right after Christmas. So they'll actually <laughs> need this book. Was that the idea?
4: Well, it wasn't our idea. It was uh, HarperCollins' <laughs> idea. But they know. But it was- the idea was that, like, you know, people are ready for a fresh start yeah. at the beginning of the year. And that's just. Kind of when people start looking into things like financial help books. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I I thought it was smart. It is, and honestly, money has always made me nervous. Like honestly, I'm kind of like gross sweaty just thinking about this and talking about this because I get anxiety just going to check our accounts. Oh, thank you. No, I get anxiety just going to check our accounts. And I've been like this since I was- well, in- there's
1: nothing in it. Yeah, it causes anxiety. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but
0: like, you know, it, it doesn't matter if I'm flush or not. Money just gives me anxiety because I don't know enough about it. And I'm not a financially literate person. I want to change that. Your book is helping me already. And for those listening, can you define- financial literacy in your own terms.
4: Um I mean not really in our own terms financial literacy is just basic knowledge of the foundation mm-hmm. of any conversation involving finance like you just have to know what these terms mean and it's yeah. a lot of acronyms and a lot of words that sound like they mean something complicated that like you look at the definition you're like oh it's a fucking savings account cool yeah. like I'm so happy we like had to go in all those like syllables you know there's I think that people are intimidated by finance for good reason Mm because it is fucking intimidating people spend you know you can dedicate your whole life to figuring it out but then there's also just the basics that you don't have to dedicate your life to you can dedicate like a book's worth to Mm -hmm. and then it just helps you to not get screwed over in the future by some person that can pull the wool over your eyes because you don't have that basic foundation, you know, it yeah. almost, it'll save your ass down the line.
2: And I think to your point, too, you said you're intimidated kind of gives you the sweats. I think people have that emotional attachment to it where they're like, like you know, it's responsible for so many of your highest highs and the lowest lows, like Nikita and I say. And you do have that emotional attachment. But at the end of the day, it's just numbers. And when you just start to look at it as that and you break it down on paper and to say, this is what we're spending this is how much we need to save and just take all your emotion out of it mm-hmm. then it becomes like a lot more simple and not as intimidating like yeah. once you take that step
1: when did you both get your shit together was it like before- we're still trying You're still trying. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Yes, we learned how to get our shit together in the process of writing the Mm -hmm. book. And now we're in the process of implementing. So (laughs) (laughs) we got life insurance. We set ourselves up with wills. We, you know, we're starting to tick things off the the list. But Mm -hmm. I think a big part of the book was helping people just figure out how to make a plan. Yeah. Because you can't get anything done without a plan, right? Right. So that's where I think we're there now. I think we have our plans now. And I feel I have a really good base of knowledge. I feel like if I come into money now, I'll know what to do with it, (laughs) which is a really nice feeling. And
2: that's kind of how we approach everything we do too. Like anything we want to do, we kind of make a list of how to get there and then Mm. you just go through the steps. So we made it easy in this book, instead of you having to go out and read all these boring finance books and just like die because it's so terrible. You can pick this up and it's like a digestible, easier version that's sort of like made as a handbook or a girlfriend's guide. Advice from us to you. Like we Mm. did all the dirty work and here it is, you know?
0: With photos of hot. Throughout to keep you yeah. interested, which I definitely Imported. appreciated. Yes. <laughs> yes,
4: the hotties that were in
0: our
1: bubble only. Oh, you actually knew the hotties.
4: Yeah. Oh, they nice. hot. yeah. They were like. Yeah,
3: yeah they're a course. couple too.
4: Oh, yeah. oh nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but literally, we, we shot those in like July, like yes. right when they lifted the ban on just having mm. one family when you could make a bubble with people. We bubbled with each other, obviously, because we knew we had to work together and shoot this. And then our photographer, the girl, the woman who shot like all the photos of us in the book, we turned the camera on her for the hot girl photo yeah, and, I shot and, her. That's her. <laughs> and that's her husband because we shot everything upstairs in their yeah. like studio space and it was just such a mis- it was so funny we'll we're like okay we gotta laugh. get all the visuals together in like this whole week so
2: we did two locations and shot everything ourselves oh, that's and-
0: amazing I can honestly incredible. say, though,
2: yeah, like our, I think our, because our group, our group is small, but we we do have access to very talented people within that. It mm-hmm. kind of was a lot easier. If we had to outsource everyone, it would be a disaster. Yeah, yeah,
0: and there would be
4: no visuals.
0: <laughs> well, no, they were so good. And you know, Just moving the cat. Yep. Speaking of talented, sorry, she she's real loud. Speaking of talented people, you guys partnered with Wealth Simple for this book. So, like, how did how did that? partnership come about and what like how involved were they in the writing in the book what was that like
4: well we didn't claim from the beginning to be financial experts yeah. we just knew we wanted to empower the shit out of women and moms and so we basically from the beginning we did a lot of the research ourselves with you know reading books and whatever but we also knew we just needed to talk to financial experts if we wanted to get the research done in the time that we had that spoke so, our language too. Yeah. Yeah. So they just made sense as a research partner. I mean, you know, we had to write it in our language for it to resonate, but it helps in that we didn't have to, you know, become chartered accountants. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we've done, we did events, we did one event or two events,
2: but no, we did that one money talks event with them prior Mm -hmm. to writing the book. And it was just such a good alignment as a partnership to begin with because of their tone and their language and stuff like that. And I feel like that was very successful. That event was great. We've had, we had a lot of women come out and want to learn about money and want to ask the questions. So it was a natural
4: fit. Mm -hmm. And their products are simple. They're simple enough for (laughs) people with a very minimal understanding of finance. No, honestly. And and, and that's,
0: that's me. And I think that's a lot of people that are in our age Mm -hmm. group, not even just women, but you do talk about wanting to empower women and wanting to empower mothers and in reading it, you know, you learn about the wage gap. You learn about the wage gap for BIPOC people. But what is the motherhood penalty? Because that's something that, you know, I assumed was a thing, but I didn't really know it even had a name.
4: Yeah, the bullshit gets compounded once you have
0: children. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
4: it's. I think that in writing the book and reading all of that we knew about it before but really quantifying things and seeing it on paper was so enraging that Mm -hmm. I think it inspired us to write it in a way that was like there's an urgency to it yeah Yeah. you know like this is insane that this affects all of us and it's not right and we're not reaching our potential with the system set up the way it is so Mm -hmm. like learn the system so you can change the system Mm -hmm. because this is not normal what's happening
1: especially considering so many more women have degrees than men yet they're still earning far less
4: yeah that yeah we're like primed for success and then and then it's, it's all ripped like, away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially once you start having kids, you become a liability to the company and and all that because of that. This goes back to childcare too, right? Mm. It's like we need to make childcare priority for everyone so moms can work because moms are very important to the economy and we can't bypass that. I think that's the, if twenty twenty showed us anything, it showed us that childcare needs to be universally offered and
4: so we can all get to work. You know? Yeah it's a major player behind the motherhood penalty for sure. Yeah. It's true. Women, like if you earn less, it's, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy because women earn less. So they're more expendable. Mm -hmm. Their time is more expendable. So yeah, if the kid is sick from school, are you going to make the person who's earning three times the amount stay home or the person that's earning next to nothing? And then you have to wonder, but why is it like mm. this across the board? Like, mm. it's almost like it was set up to work like this. Oh, yeah. mm, is that <laughs> mm emoji.
1: Well, in a lot of cases in your book, it seemed like even when the women what, were making more money, they still took the state, ended up staying home because on a subconscious yeah. level, they felt like that was their role. Mm-hmm. And I found yeah, that they, very interesting.
4: Yeah, they correct the gap mm-hmm. themselves. If a, if a partnered woman is earning more than her male partner and they have they get married and have children she will almost unilaterally take a step back yeah. from work and correct that wage gap even if she's already earning more than him like mm-hmm. she'll make a move to correct that and you know now they're saying that i'm sure this is happening right now at insane rates because of the lack of childcare that we're seeing during this pandemic so it's like yeah I don't know. I just lost my train of thought because my brain is fried. <laughs> 2021 is hard, guys, and it's like January 7th. Like, what day is it? No, I... January 1 millionth. Uh... Well, I was, I was really Maybe you should record the visuals on this. I think it would really...
0: No, I think this is very symbolic. It tells a it's complete perfect. story. It does. It does. And Uh-oh. I was I was reading and I wanted to ask, I don't know who was writing this specific part, but you were talking about how um, when you were in the process of writing this book, you had a conversation with your partner and then your partner had to work out something with their boss so that he was only working part time so that you could become the primary worker and then the primary caregiver. So what was that transition like? Because then you are taking yourself <laughs> out of that debt. you yeah, right. So you're stepping out of the domestic sphere for the most part. And your partner is taking over and fulfilling that role, which is even now in 2020, even now in COVID, when parents are working at home, all my girlfriends complain about their working and they're doing all the childcare. So what was that transition like? And was it like, were you able to completely kind of take yourself out? Yeah, I mean... It would have been nice if it happened at a
4: time when we weren't all fucking home together because it really didn't feel like I was taking much of a step back because I was still constantly somewhat available. They knew I was in here, you know? But I did, I mean, I knew we had this deadline. It didn't budge when the pandemic hit. So we knew we had to get it done and we knew the kids were going to be home. And at that time, luckily, like... It was still so early in the pandemic Mm -hmm. that, like, people didn't know how to work from home yet. We weren't
2: virtually learning
4: or anything. We were just going outside. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, the weather was starting to turn. And it was was actually pretty ideal timing because, Mm -hmm. like, Anthony just kept them out of the house all day. They would just grab Mm -hmm. their hockey sticks and find an empty parking lot and play hockey Mm -hmm. for hours. But, yeah, I just locked myself in here for, like, it would probably take at least four hours during the day. And then I would write once they went to bed, too.
2: But we took those chunks of time. Like, we had those conversations with our partners where we're like, "Okay, we can't, like, fuck around and dilly-dally. Like, we can't write a book by spending half an hour on it here and there. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to sit down with, like, chunks of time. And Mm -hmm. we would just carve them up for ourselves. Like if Nikita could do it from like two to six, she would do it. I would do Mm -hmm. it maybe like later on the evening. And we had Google Docs and we had to-do lists. And we were like always talking to each other throughout the day. And we treated it like a full-time job. And we had to also explain to our partners what we were doing too. Because before that, we were kind of in our world of like being business partners and talking more to each other about it. Now we have to lay it out on the table and explain, like, I have this deadline. This is what's going on. Th- these are the other things happening all around. Like, let's make a schedule and make it work. Because otherwise they don't know either, right? Yeah. Like, they they have no idea.
4: Yeah, so. but for the record, the the scale has now tilted in the opposite direction, and yeah, here I am looking like this. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's different. Twenty twenty one is different now. Yeah, 20, it's a whole new
0: year. There are no rules. God anywhere. help us. <laughs>
1: And when you're writing the book together, uh, I think you were kind of just explaining it, but you don't write it together on Zoom where one person's kind of typing. and person. no, one no, pers- no. So no, you no. each write your we own We just kind of,
2: we break it down. We broke it down into parts. We each took chunks away with us. We'd start writing in docs. We'd mm-hmm. read over each other's notes, add our thoughts, and then we'd keep going. And then once it was done, we would just edit through it. But we're kind of, I guess we work well that way anyways. We're used to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And what if you write something and then Nikita doesn't like it, vice versa? Like how do how do you settle that? What what ends up staying in the book? We
2: agree on everything you though do? at the end of the day. Like if I if I write something and I'm like, is this stupid? And she's like, Well, we can change it to say this. And <laughs> well, I'm like, All right. Like we don't have like we're not so sensitive either, I don't right. think. We just want no. the best possible product. So
4: Yeah. But no. Alex gets the final say on visuals and I get the final say on yes writing that's usually like if it does come to any kind of a like you know it comes to a head which it doesn't really but Mm. yeah I usually it's nice that I get the final eyes on writing and she gets the final eyes on whatever you see visually
1: nice and speaking of relationships I was reading the book and this is kind of a hot button issue for a lot of people and probably in a lot of relationships the splitting of the, the the money within marriages or the relationship uh, we tend to do the approach where we just throw it into one Mountain very pot. small pile. what What is the approach you think that is the the best approach in in your studies and writing the book that seems to work the best?
4: I think that the most solid approach is some kind of a joint account, mm-hmm. whether it's your expenses account, like once you go through and do your budget and you figure out what your like needs are in that budget. I think there should be a joint account for that or some kind of a system where that comes out jointly from two people. And then I also think it's really important that each person has their own bank account outside of that. Just for like the sake of having your own bank account, if shit were to hit the fan with your partner and like only one person keeps the debit card in his his wallet, you're fucked. so like better off to at least have you know you have your own bank account you know you can set up savings accounts you can set up accounts for your kids like that's your money you do whatever you want with that money and then it'll also help you build your own credit which is so important too right so some kind of a joint account where (laughs) expenses can come out of that you know everybody is using mortgage rent whatever groceries and then everybody has their own play money and then
2: yeah we wrote that into the book i don't have a copyright with me but we did write that into the book with different ways of splitting it up right where you can look at your situation and kind of be like okay how can I apply this? Like what works for us? Because if there is a person making more money and they want to cover certain things, like you need to have those conversations, I think is what we're saying too. Like mm-hmm. yeah. think about it, but have that communication and, and don't just like assume someone will do something or expect them to, because that just builds resentment too. Like yeah, right. it's more about
4: keeping it open and totally. seeing what your options yeah. are. And there are a lot of ways to make it work mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know, there's not just one formula. There's a lot of ways to tweak each formula, but, it does depend. I mean, so many people are coupling very differently these days, mm, right? Like
2: getting married.
4: Yeah, there's throuples. 20,
2: that, Thruples, that's nice. too
0: much drama that <laughs> Wait, I, I could
2: throuples? not
1: what, what's throuples throuples. That's
0: like when they three were
2: threesomes. People... Is Whoa. it
4: threesomes it's like in relationships? A permanent threesome. Yes, really? it's a threesome that you like have to actually do all the boring stuff with too. That gives me such a headache too many people to please. Oh my god, why would you add another person too many people to please?
1: Yeah, I saw that on TikTok but I thought it was like a fake thing to get followers. I didn't know. Oh, that's like exhausting. Imagine
2: all the egos you have to manage.
1: Yeah. No. No.
0: That's exhausting. No. But so I read (laughs) that and you know, think of different ways of doing it. Twenty eight percent of millennials that are getting married now, they are not joining in any way and they're keeping totally separate accounts. So they think that like there was one study that said, Oh, this leads to better marital happiness because you don't have to explain anything and it proves that you trust each other from my take i'm like well i think explaining things is good i think financial Mm -hmm. transparency and transparency in every regard is good and i don't think it proves shit but that's my take i wanted to know what you guys thought of doing that like total separate accounts and what that means in regards to a marriage I mean, that might work before you have kids Mm -hmm. for a
2: while, but Mm -hmm. I feel like once you throw kids into the mix and it's both of your expenses now, you're going to have to figure that out. Although like, I mean, if you don't need a joint account, whatever, it's
4: whatever works for you. Right. But Yeah. Mm -hmm. We actually keep our stuff mostly separate. Um, I'm not married. So we just went straight from like living together in a condo to like oh fuck now we have to buy a house together and like (laughs) figure this out um well it was like years in but anyways yeah I think that like there still is when you have a kid whether you have your joint accounts Mm -hmm. or not you still have to be totally transparent about your finances Mm -hmm. like Whether or not you decide to amalgamate your funds, it's like you need to know exactly what your partner is making. You need to know exactly what you're making. You need to still have an understanding of your budget together because one of the techniques in there is bill splitting. That's still a way of sharing expenses. It's like, okay, you take the mortgage and I'll take the car payments and the groceries and this and that and it still comes out even. You're still jointly Mm -hmm. participating in the finances of the household. You're just, you know doing it in a slightly different way there's cons to that though like you can it's easier to build wealth when you do it jointly Mm -hmm. right you can put more money into a joint savings account and earn more interest on it that way Mm -hmm. but you know that's still a personal choice Yeah. yeah if you're like if you're doing fine on your own and you like having your own stuff and your own savings and you know then if that's communicated properly and the it's relationship, nice to have your own little savings
2: account, though. It's nice to have a little yes. cushion just in case. You really just don't know what's yeah. gonna happen ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, in the book it talked about too, just so somebody's not uh, nitpicking and not like, oh, you spent that sixty dollars on that face cream.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you I, need those yeah. things. Like I, I can't. I'm not gonna apologize for shit like that because I need it as much as you need a Netflix subscription or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, and I don't want to. I don't know. I don't think it's like worth even the conversation. I have my own money for things that I need. And then, and and that's it. I don't know. It's
4: your, it's your cultivating your secret garden, babe. Just like (laughs) Esther Perel told (laughs) us. That's right. Esther (laughs) Perel, cultivate your secret garden. Yes. Be (laughs) autonomous in your relationship. Then you have hot sex.
2: Oh yeah. We know all about
4: (laughs) sex too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just write another book.
1: (laughs) Is that in the works, a sex book? (laughs) <laughs> right, he's interested oh,
4: nice. <laughs> <laughs> no but we just wrapped a sexy book club in partnership with ky canada yeah oh, wow. we so, love that
2: it. so if you guys yes. want want to get your hands on
4: that book that's a good one too. yeah absolutely mating in captivity <laughs> esther perel you got to read it life-changing
1: mating in captivity is it right. like in COVID? oh my god it's perfect you guys for should now read
0: too. it is captivity the marriage or is captivity the covid like, well both in this case <laughs> the, it's
4: yeah but it's she wrote it pre-covid so it's really like domestic life mm-hmm. it's not just married people it's, it's very high everybody living together yeah. domestically yeah. great book.
0: <laughs> so you know speaking of like pearls of wisdom just gems that you guys have one thing that i loved it was fuck bubble baths days at the spa true economic freedom is the true self-care so Explain that because I don't think, and you know, I, I think a lot of listeners listening to this, they'll be like, "Well, you know, my husband takes care of the finances, or my partner does, whatever, and I don't really concern myself with it." What does what does economic freedom have to do with them, and why is it more important than they even understand it to be?
1: Divorce, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. too. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's one for sure. Yeah. That's like the obvious thing, yeah. I think. But yeah. is there anything else?
4: Yeah, I mean. I think that we're sold so much bullshit as moms specifically. Like moms Mm -hmm. are targeted with all of this self-care and you need this essential oil and you need this candle and we sell it to each other. And it's just like this gross, (laughs) capitalistic, weird, uh, patriarchal, like it just feels so gross now because Mm -hmm. really at the end of the day, the best thing you can do to care for yourself is to give yourself freedom mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: right in any sense like financial freedom is kind of the golden standard of freedom after you have that you can buy whatever the fuck you want and like oh, right. you know drown in all the you know sound baths and you know yoga retreat do whatever you want <laughs> that's fine but like don't go into debt to do it in the name of self care because yeah. you're still going to be kept up all night because of yeah, your exactly. credit card bills and like you know, you can sleep better when you have your financial shit together. And like, is that all we want? <laughs> well, that's the real self-care, right? That's like what you're
2: going after. So you can relax and enjoy life because yeah. you're not yeah. worried about these things. Like if you're spending tons of money on retail therapy and still having so much anxiety mm-hmm. about what's going on at home, then what's the point? You
3: know, yeah, 100%.
2: No, And
0: that makes me think about you guys talked about essentialism in your book and how to be mindful consumers. And I think Another that's a great
4: book.
3: Yeah. Oh, my what? God.
0: That's what my computer is standing on right now.
2: Wow. <laughs> we read a book called Essentialism. Yeah, that's the one um, which changed our whole lives, too.
0: Yeah. So can yeah. you can you explain the concept of essentialism and like how you personally put that into practice? Um,
4: essentialism it's... is the disciplined pursuit of less. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You just have like, the essentials, I would guess, just based mm-hmm. off the title. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it's- we learned a lot about essentialism and COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're saying, too, is like, you know, now we're asking people, to be mindful of what they're doing mm-hmm. so when they're about to make a purchase like do you really need it do you already have something like that like is it just stuff that's coming into your house because a lot of people get into this motion of getting more and more stuff and every mm-hmm. season they get new things and then new toys come in and then mm-hmm. your whole space becomes cluttered and it's not good for your mental health so we're kind of trying to say have it for longer take care of your stuff and you'll have kind of more peace of mind around that I think
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah I find that when I'm purchasing especially Especially in these covid times it's it's like giving me temporary re- relief but then it adds mm-hmm. a long-term burden because i'm like i bought all this shit oh and, and like what am i doing here what i really liked about the book is saying to look at finances like it's a game yeah and i found that really helped me because it's like i'm good at video games if life was a video, <laughs> if life was a video life game is So hard. yeah yeah why aren't why am i not good at life but then I'm like, it's a game. It's just a game, right? It's a game. So I found that unlocked something in my brain. And I'm, I'm going to get a will. I don't have a will. I feel no. very irresponsible.
0: We don't have life insurance. We have nothing.
1: Yeah. It's just not fun.
0: Yeah. See, I grew up thinking like all forms of insurance were a scam.
3: So Mm -hmm. I
0: didn't get life insurance because I'm like, oh, like they just want me to pay money. Like if Shane kicks the bucket, whatever, I'll sell the house, downsize and I'll be fine. But really, if you get life insurance and if the tragic thing does happen, that is so much off of your mind, off of your plate. Mm -hmm. So you guys, did you have life insurance and did you have your wills done prior to writing the book? I had my wills done and life
2: insurance done only because my husband has his own retail company and he had to do it for work right he's like I'm doing it already I got lawyers doing it for like my business side like let's do it for home and we did it like thoroughly and properly and honestly it does take a lot of time it does take not like in terms of you going getting life insurance maybe online that doesn't take a lot of time but the conversations leading up to like the will stuff especially Mm -hmm. like who's going to take care of your kids what's going to happen if this happens like you really have to have those conversations but then you just sleep better at night because you Mm -hmm. know something does happen those things are in place and nobody is making those decisions for you
1: yeah Yeah. especially if you have kids i I used to think oh i'll be dead who cares (laughs) what happens i'm i'm gone (laughs) yeah
4: (laughs) yeah i went the opposite so alex has been telling me that I need a will and life insurance. Oh my god, I was yelling at her at one point. (laughs) Because we gave birth at the same time, right? So our kids are the same, our eldest kids are the same age. I have a younger one too, but she's been telling me that I need this forever, but it took, like, me reading and writing to actually figure it out myself. So I went about it with a non-fancy lawyer way. I did... I got my wills online at Willful. It literally took twenty minutes. Me nice. and Anthony were sitting at the table, and I was like, "Hey, who takes Nathan. our kids when we die?" And we were like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what do you? Anything special you want to like give to people specifically? No, okay, my hockey cool. jersey. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like my autograph, wink, red screen. But you can actually like. You can, put you those know, things our in. finances aren't that complicated. Yeah. And it also, like, you can't get life insurance together. You have to get it separately. Really? Like, each person, yeah, each person mm-hmm. has their own oh, policy. Shay, so, because what if you kick the bucket? Like, what if yeah. it's not Shane that dies? What if it's you? Like, how is he going to yeah. pay all the people that I'm are sure. going to have, have to do all of your jobs? Like, who's going to do first. the childcare? Who's going to clean, like, who's, you know, all these things that, like, You know, you may have been Mm -hmm. (laughs) juggling, yeah, are going to actually cost physical money if you die. So, whether or not you're working, you're still contributing a lot of value to the household. So, insurance is kind of nice because it helps you quantify that value really nicely Mm -hmm. for yourself and for your partner,
2: (laughs) yeah. And that's easy, too, right? You did drop dead, that was easy, too. Yeah, I did drop
4: dead life insurance, that took another 20 minutes. I'm insured for 400,000 and it's like $25 a month.
0: That's amazing. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, well, because here's what happens. If I
4: die tomorrow, if my partner and I both die tomorrow, our kids inherit our debt. Right. Right? Like, you don't just inherit your parents' assets. You also inherit their debt. So, like, sure, uh, you know, a six-year-old and a four-year-old will inherit a house in downtown Toronto, but Mm -hmm. they'll also inherit the mortgage that is carried with that. So, at least, like, you know, if I get a... $400,000, $400,000, they get a $400,000 pay- payout, they can mm-hmm. like
1: pay off, some off of the, the debt rest debt. of the. Right. Without worrying so they get a job. Yeah.
4: In debt at age fucking six. That you would know? suck. <laughs> Imagine they
2: were making those decisions though, like when they got handed the money. I'm going to buy Hot Wheels. That'd be a cute
0: movie. <laughs> 18 motorcycles. Oh, it'd be like the
1: movie Blank Check.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I love that movie. No,
0: I'm that. trying to think, because there was one insurance thing offered to us, and it was like, if Shane died or if I died, the house would be paid off. And then, well, like, what what is that? Like, would that have that been like our That was like through system?
1: our bank or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
4: that would probably be through
0: your, like, what you got your mortgage mm-hmm. through. Or it could be
4: something associated with work, too. Yeah. A lot of workplaces mm-hmm. have life insurance policies, but I don't know. Who knows? It's... um anybody's guess
1: (laughs) through when (laughs) when you were writing the book and researching and working with wealth simple what what did you find was the most eye-opening piece of information
3: Hmm.
2: I mean I don't know about piece of information but I think what we learned was how like how difficult those books were to get through and read like we just Hmm. couldn't concede that there was nothing that could like teach us in the way that we needed to hear it yeah yet you know what I mean like I I don't I don't know I wasn't I don't need to be a, a financial wizard like I don't need to read on all these encyclopedias and that's kind of what was missing for me. Yeah. And Wealthsimple nope. Simple was the first company that kind of made it Approachable for us. Like, we went to one of their events and then we started talking to them. We're like, all right, you know, this is makes well, sense. they gave yeah.
4: us all the technical stuff, right? Yeah. So, it wasn't the stuff that was like groundbreaking. I think the yeah. stuff that really hit home for us so hard was like actually just seeing the numbers of yeah. like what the wage gap looks like and yeah. the wealth gap and all those things with the like stats, you know, the savings rates and shit like that. That was like the statistical stuff was a tough pill to swallow, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's why we decided to put it right at the beginning of the book. Cause we were like, this made our stomachs drop mm-hmm. when we figured it all out. And when we yeah. pieced it all together, like when that cost of motherhood chapter was finished being written, like I read it and I just wanted to fucking puke and I wrote it. Like and then by- like
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking- but it's something that everybody needs to read. You yeah. know? Yeah. We mm-hmm. want people to understand and you know, put everything into context before yeah. you understand that, you know.
1: Absolutely Well,
4: before you beat yourself up for it thinking that like you're so dumb for not being into finances. No, you've been like kept out of finances your whole life. It's not your fault. This is what the world looks like. This is why the world looks like this. And like, fuck it all. Let's go like, Yeah.
2: yeah, And ultimately, we want to make it better for moms and women as a whole, right? So it's like if you're not literate or financially literate and you're not having those conversations like men are with each other, like just go and start doing it. You know, it's a thing. It's cool now. You can talk about money, (laughs) you know?
1: Well, even as a man, I just, I feel like I was never taught anything in school, anything practical. I knew, oh, I have to make money. I have to be the, I was taught to be the breadwinner or whatever, but I didn't know what to Mm -hmm. do once I... Actually got that money. Mm-hmm. when do you think is an appropriate age to talk to your own children about you know putting ten percent of your allowance away or whatever it is?
2: really early? just always don't treat it like a taboo topic, and when it starts to come up, you we treat it as so we explain things to them we we always talk about how monopoly has been great because all our kids love monopoly, and it's such a great game for learning yeah. about money and strategy and paying for things and earning and stuff like that. But yeah, I would say the sooner, the better for sure. And now that they have a better understand, Also the other thing, sorry, I just like trailed <laughs> off. And then I, I just thought of something, but they're learning it at school now. So it's also a yeah. different they are. moment. Yes. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. As that. of this year, because That's so it, cool. how cool is that Mm -hmm. like we're teaching them at home but they're also starting to understand it through the schoolwork that they're doing so that's been a blessing because I know in the 80s like nobody talked about money
4: but even just like when they're really young they can just understand that like yes everything costs money no you cannot have everything and not in a way that's like you know you don't have to be lecturing your kids all day about how money doesn't grow on trees or whatever but like you know, if they get money from grandparent or whatever for a gift or something, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the piggy bank is a really good metaphor for a bank account. Yeah. So yeah. that can start there. And then maybe when the piggy bank is full, you can start, you can say, you know, we should go to the bank and we should open a bank account for you. Would you like that? You can come. You bring your money. Oh, they, you love it the ban- it they love it.
2: They mm-hmm. feel they so love responsible. It. They feel like big kids putting away their own money. How great is that?
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I and think then that- when they get enough in there, they can talk about, you know. Okay, what do you want to buy? You want to buy one big thing? Okay, well, you should save. Maybe you should consider saving like 20% of what's in there, but you can spend the 80% on whatever you want. Like, you don't have to introduce it in a way that's like, okay, children, (laughs) sit down. We're going to talk about economics. Like, it doesn't have to be like that, you know? And it doesn't have to be super in-depth either. either. Just Mm. like... You know, money's and important. And we point stuff out to them,
2: too. Like, if we see ads, we make it a point to tell them that that is selling something. We explain mm-hmm. our jobs to them. We kind of, like, try to make them mindful of consumerism because it is always around them. And they start to have a better understanding of the world when they notice that literally everything is trying to sell them something. The cereal yeah. box, the TV, the iPad, yeah. like, it's it's nonstop. So
1: do you and or will you give your children an allowance
2: I haven't yet but Oscar saves his money from any gifts he gets and he has a swear jar which he counts two bucks every time he hears a swear in front of him (laughs) and he has notes and it's a great way to learn math by the way because he's like he's got it all figured out making tons of money so every time you swear he gets two bucks. If he's in the room and he hears it, yeah. Oh, and it has wow. to be like a good swear word, like
1: shit. <laughs>
2: like it can't be
1: Darn. You know, no stupid.
2: crap or hell. Yeah,
3: no, no,
1: yeah.
4: no. It has to be a proper swear word.
2: <laughs>
1: what, what about you, Nikita? You giving an allowance? I'm
4: not giving them an allowance no. yet. They don't really need money for anything yet. I think that that comes into play when they start like being slightly more independent, going yeah. out with your, their friends. You know, they want to, when I was, you know, 10 or 12 or whatever it was like oh i just wanted to go to the food court with my friend oh and my like God, get a jamba part. juice like okay <laughs> even my parents were like okay cool like that's on your dime that's not yeah, on our yeah. diet yeah. so those lessons i'll probably start implementing when they become slightly more independent but i'm with them all the damn time so if they yeah. need money they know where they have to go to. exactly and <laughs> but I, they have their piggy banks and they have their bank accounts and they understand right. that like you know they they count their money it's good with you know it's teaching them math mm-hmm. and it's good we're just trying to keep it a positive conversation
0: oh i think that's good and there's so many fun ways that you can incorporate money into mm-hmm. parenting and i was thinking like when i was I out eight years old we did penny stocks, so my dad got my brother and I penny stocks, and like then from Wolf
1: of Wall Street, like yeah, like wow. like
0: that. So like we were like doing actual stocks, but like they, they were worth nothing, and Perfect. it was just yeah. for a learning thing. However, all that financial stuff that I had learned is mm-hmm. gone because I know nothing again now. And reading your book, I don't know why that left my brain, but reading your book, I kind of started to shit myself because I was <laughs> reading about how much you should be saving and when you need to start oh, no. investing. Shane so it's 50 30 20 thank you for that that helps so it was 50% spending on stuff you need 30% spending on stuff you want and 20% of it, all the money you bring in you're supposed to save I don't know if we're do- like I don't even know if we're doing that and then mm-hmm. we might be like from just the stuff you that can are- automate that you can just yeah. figure out what that number Automation's is and plug it in automation a system and yeah. say just
4: take it out the day it comes in so i don't even think about mm-hmm. it this is actually part of the reason that i really love wealth simple is because mm-hmm. as you were saying earlier they like literally gamify yeah saving so mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah i'm gonna like mm-hmm. 500 dollars going into this account because i'm getting my like it makes you excited for the money yeah. that you're saving and then it shows you the interest it's collecting so if you just put in you know, an extra hundred dollars, and then you check your account. You're like, "Ooh, it's like, I it looks like I added like a hundred and six dollars, and I didn't do anything for those six dollars." Like, yeah, it's but why not? not? A lot, yeah. but it's right? Fun. It's just yeah. sitting there. Yeah, but it gives you that jolt of like you know, what's the, like a dopamine hit almost. Mm-hmm. You're like, Ooh, uh, yeah. I won something. Like, yeah. It's a nice feeling. <laughs> Same feeling in so retail therapy, but automate, better. automate, automate, and then like check your balances and it'll make your heart happy.
1: Well, we ended up putting our money into real estate, but then the, the, and we, cause we thought it was always a sound investment and then COVID hits. And then I'm like, Oh no, what if everything goes to, to hell? So I do think even if you have Another investments, it's always a good idea to do this percentage thing because that's the safe bet, right?
2: Real estate is pretty good if you've Mm -hmm. got if you're sitting on land. That's
1: always a good investment too.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Well, they say that, but then you lose your job and you need to sell when it's (laughs) at a low at a low time and
4: yeah. Totally. It
1: gives me anxiety. Well, if it's an
4: investment property, it's different, right? You like, yeah. you don't lose until you sell. So if you just but hold it, house, house. but well, if it's your house, if you're yeah, like, oh, if, yeah, you, know, yeah. you got all your eggs in that basket, mm-hmm. like your house should be where you live. That's yeah, like, 100%. you know, we explained at the end, the difference yeah. between yeah. assets and liabilities and actually reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a very eye-opening experience for me.
1: That helped me, yes.
4: But yeah, learning the difference between an asset and a liability is an asset is something that you make money off of and a liability mm-hmm. is something that you don't so your mm-hmm. house while you think that it is an asset it is if you're renting it and collecting an income every month no. but it's not if you're living in it so it's your home yes like it's a, one of the biggest investments most people will ever make but at the end of the day it's not it shouldn't be your mm-hmm. retirement 100%. plan a
1: hundred percent
0: are you guys are do you invest in stocks or anything like that because I was reading again in your book and it said you know if you started investing seven grand a year when you're 25 you're gonna hit a million dollars by the time you reach 65 but if you start when you're what is it 45 you have to like invest 28,000 a year and that made me shit my pants further because like we're getting up there
2: oh I know trust me I'm 40
0: (laughs) well we, we haven't started and like do you guys invest in stocks like how do you do that what do you invest in <laughs> give me so, tips. Give us
1: every secret you have. Now. <laughs> we want to be rich.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, so we also want to be rich. Um,
4: Same but I am still building up my emergency savings. Yes. Yes, I'm not at a point where I have money that I can afford to lose. So until you're at a point where you have a little money that you can actually afford to lose, you should not be playing around in the stock mm. market. So having like a three, once you have a three month salary ish, Mm -hmm. three to six month cushion, then you can open your, you know, investing accounts and start throwing money in there and start playing with that. Yeah, Um, I'm hoping, according to my plan, I have about like six more months till I have my emergency savings and then I can dive into that. But I I think what I'll do is I'll just, I'll stick with Simple for it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're great Um, for that.
4: I'll choose a really diverse portfolio because I don't, I, you know, I'm not risk averse completely, but Mm. I'm also not at a point that I'm like throwing away. (laughs) Not the time
2: right now to like risk it all. Oh my God.
4: (laughs) But I'm also 33. So I have Mm. like, this is a good time for me to begin. I feel like it would have been great if I started at 25, but I gave birth at 25 and a but house it's at never too late either but exactly that's like
2: if you can if you can get your shit together this year and start those savings accounts and kind of mm-hmm. build up to investment you're still better off than not doing anything
1: at all Oh yeah,
4: and you know yeah better this year than next year
1: i heard someone say the best time to invest is yesterday and the second best time is Right now. today. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Well, yeah, because a
4: compound interest, like you can be making interest on interest. So the longer it sits in an account is the more you're going to make. So that's why the, there's the urgency behind it. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, whatever, if it's figured out within the next, you know, calendar year, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. It's
2: all about starting. It's about learning and starting and, you know, figuring out all your shit and then Mm -hmm. going from there. Because when you have your blinders on and you're stuck in your old bad habits, it's you don't actually know what's going on with your money. And when you take a closer look at it, you might be surprised. What's that thing we reposted on Instagram the other day? $27 a day in miscellaneous spending has up to ten thousand dollars a year that's miscellaneous spending this bags of chips americanos like i don't know whatever you walk by and your kid Mm -hmm. needs a toy like it it adds up and we do spend it every day like whoever's pretending they don't is
1: lying uber eats (laughs) alone like that's that's taking all of our money
0: yeah no what i liked and you're just talking about learning alex and One thing that I loved about your book, both books really, but about Get Your Shit Together was that you don't discriminate. You talk about every tax bracket. You know, you talk about the stay-at-home mom to the mom boss who's making a shit ton of money. And you talk about everybody's options in a way that is so empowering and makes people feel good and it's not hard, it's not scary. But where do you think women, like across the board... Might go wrong when it comes to learning about their finances.
4: I think they go wrong by not learning yeah. about their yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or
0: having other people
2: do it yeah, and yeah. not getting into it themselves yeah.
1: And using a money symbol as the S in shit, is that a l- loophole so you can actually have it in the bookstores? Yes. <laughs> <Nice. laughs>
2: when Marilyn Bennett said it, they had to bleep her out and we're like, sorry, it's the cover of our
3: <laughs> book.
1: Like,
2: <laughs> it's the title.
4: What are you going to do? Yeah,
1: it just makes it way cooler.
4: I think that was a stoner idea. I feel like we were like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sitting together. We're like, we should call it Get Your Shit Together but we should put a dollar sign yeah. as It's yeah. genius. Oh it's great.
0: <laughs> no, that's, it's a great idea. And speaking of stoner ideas, so this is just <laughs> personal question because I know that you are somewhat of connoisseurs when it comes to that. Shane gets headaches, like hangovers from weed if he smokes one, but yeah. he's trying to help himself fall asleep every night because he's an insomniac. But uh, if he smokes a little bit of weed before bed, it helps, but then the next day he has a headache. What kind of weed? Like a sativa and indica like what i don't even know maybe
4: it's the smoke that's heard. have you tried like a sublingual yeah, spray I
1: no i don't even know how to say that no, <laughs> what, what, sublingual what what is that
4: like a like banaca
1: oh oh yes i have i have tried that before a honey flavor
4: and I, did that give you a headache
1: oh, i can't remember i remember Maybe liking he's smoking
2: it. the wrong
4: weed sometimes well, but, weed can be very heavy duty too yeah like smoking yeah. it uh, but edibles take so long to hit the spray hits in the same amount of time as a joint so if you're looking to like oh, what, you would like the feeling of smoking and then like ooh, and then mm. you go to sleep then yeah. the sublingual spray will give you like it'll hit you in the same amount of time and mm. hopefully is give vaping you any same. different like vaping gives me a headache i don't like vaping at all i think it's useless like
3: i just
2: i love you know if i want to get that depending on what kind of high but smoking is always preferred for me and then edibles are great too the oil pills are good too cbd oil pills are good Mm. for like
4: yeah (laughs) anything else filling out your
2: body there's so many (laughs) ways guys but Maybe you're just, if you're getting like major hangovers from it, you might be smoking too much and you might not be drinking enough water and it's just like too much for you. Maybe like start with a little bit or try a like lighter kind of strain.
1: Okay. Forget about money. (laughs) Yeah, Let's
0: talk
1: about wheat. Okay, Nikita and Alex, we're just going to take a quick break to let everyone know that we are supported by.
0: We are supported by Hello Bello. Being a parent is hard, like really hard. So when you go to get diapers to prevent the next eventual blowout, finding a diaper that's absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be just as tough.
1: And finding a stylish one on top of that?
0: Oh, triple threat. Co-founded by Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard, Hello Bello is built on the simple idea that all babies deserve the best which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. Their diaper bundling service lets you choose from over 20 different fun, rotating designs, like Shane said, super stylish, and each bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order. Plus, you can get 15% off of any add-ons like the bubble bath, the wipes, diaper rash cream. They now have a detangler, which I use for my own hair. So to get Hello Bello's super soft, super absorbent, and super affordable diapers delivered right to your door, go to hellobello.ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree30 for 30% off your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck and so many potential blowouts saved.
1: That's HelloBello.ca promo code ThisFamilyTree30 to start bundling with 30% off your first order.
0: So don't forget that's HelloBello.ca and the promo code is ThisFamilyTree30. This promo is applicable in Canada only.
1: But we are also supported by
0: Bravado Designs. They make my favorite nursing bras in the world. Shane picked them up for me on a whim one day, and I have been hooked ever since.
1: I have an eye for bras.
0: (laughs) Nursing bras at that. Indeed. But I wore my Bravado Designs nursing bra long after I finished nursing Lucy, just because it was so comfortable. And if you're in the same boat as me, because I know there are so many women who did the same, we've spoken. They now have an everyday collection. So says no clips, not for nursing mothers, for anybody with boobs.
1: What if you never want to have a child and you hate children?
0: <laughs> well, then their everyday collection have the bras for you. They're amazing. You can get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection. Again, the bras with no clips at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of the website you go to, make sure to use the promo code THISFAMILYTREE20 for 20% off. Again, that is bravadodesigns.com or ca.bravadodesigns.com and promo code THISFAMILYTREE20.
1: And now let's get back to our interview with Nikita and Alex. Microdosing. Have you ever tried that? There's like this chocolate bar. We were talking to the skinny confidential... Uh, and she was saying she eats this chocolate bar, and it's like an awesome microdosing experience. Microdosing ever- is great. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm scared to try it, but I want to try it. Yeah, no. I think it was she, she mushroom. did she did mushrooms.
2: I don't oh. microdose weed. I microdose <laughs> mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, mushrooms.
1: That's but what Because
2: it was. they're more I find the microdosing weed for me is like, again, kind of useless because I'm no. looking for that high. But like, yeah. microdosing mushrooms. yeah, we're too yeah, <laughs> big donors for microdosing weed. But microdosing <laughs> mushrooms is a great uplifting happy feeling without feeling clouded or like there's anything mm-hmm. going on you're not hallucinating you don't feel high like
1: i'm dying you're just to try slightly
2: it. in a better mood which is actually kind of great right now because stress is very high and anxiety yeah. is very high and you're stuck at home it's like a nice little
4: <laughs> colors are like become more colorful yeah. in like a non
2: but you become you know, happier like, you're sort of like i'm in way. a better mood
0: like i don't
2: want to kill you anymore
0: and i'm sure that helps writing does that help writing or do you guys lay off of that like when you are getting into that chunk of writing every day
2: weed is great for ideas we have Mm -hmm. a lot of good stoner ideas and then we jot them down sort of like quickly as notes but when we build it out we're usually we're usually not high aren't right
0: speaking <laughs> <laughs> it's like speak for yourself
2: depends. it depends what it is if it's like no. if it's math and accounting we're definitely
3: not <laughs> sober
2: high. but yeah. if it's more creative work and maybe we're conceptualizing something or thinking of an angle for something mm. then that's
0: different mm. we.
4: well, yeah write stoned edit sober
0: yeah that's a good rule that's very good role, like and that. honestly, the book really does kind of demysticize money. It really, it does. No, you just
1: didn't say that word right.
0: Demysticize? Yeah,
1: it's not demysticize. demystify. Demystify. Yeah. yeah, demystify. Demysticize. Who's doing now?
4: Like <laughs> an exercise. Mom brain
2: lasts forever.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Demystify. Your your book demystifies finances and it yes. really it really did help me honestly and as much as my brain is clearly in a jumble right now it was I was in a good space when I was reading it and I wasn't sweating like I am currently because it really did make it easy.
1: It still made me sweat, but in a good way in the sense that, uh, yeah, there was, you mentioned, uh, was it, there's The Wealthy Barber, which I really mm. like. What was the book we were talking about earlier? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, yeah. Dad, Poor Dad and this book all gave me the sense, the feeling like I can do it.
3: No. Mm-hmm. Right. And
1: it was the best type of like breaking down complicated things in a way that I my brain can digest it. And that's what mm-hmm. I really love about yeah. no Get Your Shit Together. Mm-hmm. And Thank where you.
0: where can people find Get Your Shit Together? Everywhere, Everywhere books, books are, are sold. sold. Amazon, Apple Amazon, Indigo. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, small retailers. I think they should be shipping to small retailers soon, but shipping has been such a hot mess because of COVID. We still haven't received our author copies. Yeah, we have no. to order our own, uh, own books. Yes, oh but um, I think they should be shipping to small businesses soon. I know that Good. there's a few local ones that will be carrying it. So if you just follow us at The Rebel Mama, and as those stores pop up, we will be directing people. To support small
0: amazing amazing ladies thank you so much for your time today this has been a pleasure again second time guest. we so appreciate it and all the best with everything that's to come with the book like this is so exciting yeah, thank you let us,
2: let us know how your journey goes with the money we should do like a follow-up in six months and be like okay guys why don't you tell idea. us what's been going on yeah we'll be <laughs> your
4: like accountability coaches partners.
1: every six months new play- yeah <laughs> yeah forever that's yeah.
4: another good system actually you should like buddy up with someone that becomes your like accountability yeah. buddy we just did yeah that you can like you. there you go that's <laughs> yeah, for sure we are
0: now your accountability buddies. So 100% together,
1: oh, I love babe. it perfect
0: guys thank you so much and all the best thank you yeah. right. thank you thank you guys
1: so that was the rebel mamas
0: they're so good they're so good see is it odd that every time like we finish talking to them I get off the line and I feel cooler yeah, can you be weird. cool by association
1: you can't I don't think
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> no but they they are so good and I totally appreciate what they do and how they do it I think their writing style is so relatable it draws you in and yeah you get that from the interview like you get that just from conversation with them I think they're awesome
1: yeah they're very chill in a good way so chill chill and caring at the same yes. time. And that that's a good We all need more of that in our lives. I would recommend everyone buy that book, obviously. Right now, we are going to do our segment where Alex goes through listener questions, actually answers them, does her research, and I chip in with my two cents.
0: Hell yeah. All right. First question. Do you have any tips for telling your first baby about a new baby? So we obviously went through this in the summer. We had Lou. She was you know 25 months old when betty came and joined the party but the second i got pregnant i think so much of it is getting your older kid the older sibling acclimatized to what is going to happen and you're going to have to do this in an age-appropriate way so obviously older kids will have a better understanding of it but lucy really when i got pregnant she was like a baby herself she was like 18 months so yeah. We did it in little steps, but it was like every day we were reminding her, mommy's going to have a baby. And you would read every night a book by Caroline Church called I'm a Big Sister.
1: Yeah, I'm a Big Sister. But the book was great, but what really helped was naming the baby early. And a lot of people like to name the baby when it pops out. I'm a firm believer that that is not the best strategy. Get that name early and use it often. Lucy looked at Betty as being in existence from the time Mm. you started to show we would always refer to your belly as betty and she knew the name inside and out when betty came home she knew hey that's that's betty that's my sister
0: you know it's funny you say that because i wrote down a list of ways that you can you know kind of help your child internalize this information but i didn't write down tell them the name of the baby and that is such a great it worked for us so well. And
1: it reserves the name. There's a, a lot of reasons to actually name your baby early and make it public.
0: Yeah, no, but I think, yeah, daily conversations about the baby growing, keep your kid abreast of what's going on, maybe the changes that your body's going through, that the baby's going through, you know, when they get hair, when they get fingernails, things like that. Also, if your kid is of age... Get them toys that they can start to nurture, that they can, you know, pretend to feed with a bottle. They can change diapers on dolls, things like that, because that can really encourage them to, you know, have that nurturing aspect to their personalities. And when we first came home with Betty, we had this whole thing set up, and I think it worked out really well. But we had Betty in a bassinet, she was sleeping. And Lucy had spent three days at my parents' house while we were in the hospital and everything and then for our first night back home just so we can, you know, kind of breathe a little bit. And then when Lucy got dropped off by my parents, we did not have Betty in sight. She was sleeping in her bassinet and both of us gave Lucy our full attention. We gave her hugs. We gave her kisses. We were so happy to see her. And then once we had all like kind of settled down, we said, okay, Lucy, You know, we have somebody we want you to introduce you to. Little baby Betty is here finally. So we showed Lucy like the straight up video, the straight up birth video that Shane took. So Betty coming right out of the vagina. And we showed Lucy no censor. And she, she just sat there kind of watching it. And I felt like she got it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, and so she watched that and then we said, okay, so, you know, Betty's not in mommy's tummy anymore. She felt my tummy. And then we said, look, and then we went and got Betty out of the bassinet and introduced them. And Lucy was kind of, she was interested. She was kind of weirded out. And then we had Betty, like, gift Lucy a present, a stuffy that Lucy loves. And it was like this really sweet, warm moment. And even though, so Lucy, you know, had a lot of temper tantrums after. She had a hard time getting used to the baby actually being there but I found that with time and with the 10 minute miracle, which we learned from Big Little Feelings, an awesome account to follow. Give your kid 10 minutes a day of your undivided attention. Phone away, nobody else around, not even the other parent, not the sibling. Yeah, and do whatever they wanna do. And that helped us so much. And also just kind of like teaching Lucy and teaching ourselves how to communicate feelings better really helped with that. Yeah, I I think that we did it really well.
1: Yeah, we did the best ever. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. Next question. Has leap five gotten any better for Betty yet? Yeah, like massively. So right now we're on week 27 and we're officially out of leap five. Last week was the worst leap 26 and if you go into the app wonder weeks week 26 has a little lightning bolt and rain cloud over it to signify that it's like a week from hell and it was betty was not sleeping i was getting up honestly 10 times a night to nurse her. well
1: nine of those were to nurse and the one was to take a really tiny little dump in the toilet
0: which was sneaky (laughs) leave a couple leave three single floaties in the toilet but Yeah, it was horrible. We're out of it now and things are starting to regulate again at week 27. So if you're curious like what the hell we're talking about with leaps and things like that, download an app if you have an infant called Wonder Weeks it is so helpful so each leap is essentially a developmental phase that your kid goes through where they learn something new and Betty just got out of the world of relationships so that's where she begins to perceive relationships between two things so it's like maybe the distance between her and I so if I start to walk away farther she like panics and she cries and she's like oh my god my mom can kind of leave me Uh, and she starts noticing like short tasks has fun with things like turning lights on and off but it's an awesome app get your hands on it if you have a baby and you don't have it yet next question what has been the toughest aspect of quarantine for you shane you wanna
1: Working together so closely, being because when you get comf- so comfortable, as everyone knows, the more comfortable you are with somebody, the more likely you are to snap on them. And working with somebody, mm-hmm. like, you know, at your workplace, if you yell at a coworker, that would be highly irregular, even if you wanted to.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: when you're working with somebody you know and love, it's, be- it's almost like a fantasy to be able to yell at someone I you're working
0: with. I don't think we yell at each other, though. Well, not yell. I mean, yell. we get snappy. I,
1: well, we call every, I call every argument yelling. It's not really yelling. It's <laughs> stern or using a different tone. You know, you're a big tone person. Yes. But you know that voice you get when you're in an argument? It's not yelling and it's like hushed anger. Or, yeah, I don't know.
0: No, it's Yeah, totally. The argument voice.
1: Yeah, we're not like throwing plates around and stuff. But Bitchy that, voice. that's the hardest part because we're working together and we're doing everything and that's strange and unusual and mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm not used to it but it's also very gratifying and fulfilling so it's like a 90 10 split
0: mm-hmm. but if we're
1: just talking about the hardest part would be the working together
0: mm-hmm. I think for me it's grieving the maternity leave that I th- Thought I'd have like I was so excited the second I went back to work after I had Lucy. I was so excited for Matt Lee again because I had such a great time. I met incredible women, and I really just had a great time doing things with Lou, and I was so excited to do that with Betty. And you know, it's been it's been different. Like I think about the fact that Lou hasn't seen her friends. I think about the fact that Betty has never interacted with another child aside from her sister. She's never seen another baby and that stuff is hard for me and then me like I miss Tuesdays at the brewery so it's that's been weird that's been hard and knowing this is my last kid and I won't have that opportunity to do all that awesome fun female bonding stuff again it's kind of hard so that sucks and that you know it kind of hits me sometimes and it makes me sad all right so our next question And this, for you, this is going to bleed into it. But what do you and Shane fight about the most? So I'll start, I think it's how we talk to each other and the moods that we project to each other. So it's like, you know, for me, it's a bit of passive-aggressive or if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, didn't get a good enough sleep, I'll just be projecting this mood that's totally not me. And you're the same when you're, Shane, like from my perspective anyway, I think that when you are having a rough day or when you're, you know, having a lot of annoyances in your work or in our work or in parenting, whatever you get like all snappy and short with me. And then I get pissed off for you being short with me. And then you get pissed off because then I'm being bitchy or passive aggressive. And then it's just like this mashup of, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Okay. I think it's two different things for what I argue the most with about you is you not answering a direct question. (laughs) So it could be anything I could be like what day is it today you'd be like the thing about days is no. and I'm like no no just tell me you will be like well it's a longer story than she that.
0: Sometimes answers need context.
1: What day is it today though?
0: Well, that, that is not anything that you've had to wait that's not anything that's ever happened before but you will ask me a question and I will try to apply some context and you'll be like no just give me the answer and then you'll run out of the room.
1: You will, uh, there's a lot of cases where a simple answer could be provided and you don't give it.
0: But there's context, and I'm trying to get that out to you.
1: No, I disagree.
0: But what do you think? So I was looking up what couples fight about the most. What are the top two things that you think couples in general well, fight about? Well, everyone
1: knows it's money and sex.
0: Yeah, money and sex. Yeah, okay, everyone what? Knows that, so, yeah, but it's money and sex. And then what follows that, the other like super high argumentative topics are relatives, your partner's bad habits work leisure like what you're doing in your leisure time communication chores and children what do you think i like that's not in any order but what do you think would come next i think for a married couple chores would come next maybe
1: well we don't fight over money
0: no i know that
1: we don't really fight over sex
0: no just more like pleading for it more yeah on my end well
1: (laughs) i can only i'm only one man and alex's needs are through the roof Um, what, what, okay. So what, what would be the other thing? Give me some options.
0: Okay. Relatives, habits, work, leisure, communication, chores, and children.
1: Oh, we've had some relative arguments, I think, like, but you don't want the relatives to hear that.
0: No, but also I think our relative arguments, I think we're both on the same page with. So they're not really arguments. It's more like, oh, this person said this and I found it very mean or annoying. And then it's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there are. Well, you
1: know, we've had little things, little things. Okay. What What are the other options?
0: Okay. The next, uh, habits and work and leisure.
1: Oh oh yeah. We would definitely fight over the fact that Alex writes a lot of checks. Her butt can't cash. Mm. So that, cause you are a really hard worker for a very short period of time. <laughs> she'd be like, you know what? I'm going to write the great American novel. And I'm like, Great. <laughs> And then I'll get everything ready for you. And then two days later, you just don't want to write the great American novel anymore. And I'm like, but I did all this stuff and sacrificed for you. And I planned this and we made this schedule. That will get me fired up Mm -hmm. because I don't like a quitter. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a bit of a quitter. No,
0: it's not being a quitter. I think it is realizing my capacity and no,
1: but Alex, accepting
0: that you. At no, times.
1: I hate that. You always think you have this limited capacity. You don't. You're just as capable as anyone in the world. Hard work is ninety percent of everything. Most people can get any task done that they put their mind to. I mm-hmm. truly believe that. But somehow. I have to give you these speeches every once in a while where it's like there should be like (laughs) cheesy music playing behind it and I'm sick of it. But it's like, it's like Lucy when she's like, I'm sad. She's, she wants to say I'm sad because then she gets all the attention and you want me to come at you and pump you up.
0: Well, it feels good to be pumped up a little bit.
1: I know. I'm just saying that that would be something that we argue about.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. What about chores and children?
1: Well, we make our children do our chores, so... <laughs> I
0: wish.
1: No, um, Actually,
0: we don't really the, argue over chores. Lucy's until. daycare, when when Lucy was in daycare before COVID, her daycare lady had her cleaning the baseboards every day of her house, and Lucy loved it. So I tried to get her to start doing that at our house, too. She did it once and like got so bored, but... I, I don't know why. I, I don't know how this woman was getting Lucy to take such interest in cleaning. But well, it was that's amazing. the
1: Montessori way, right?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, but next.
1: Ooh. Sorry, I just spilled my drink. Continue. Okay,
0: but next question. What pillows did you guys end up going with? So, people know if you follow my Instagram account, I have been on like a month and a half long pillow hunt for making our bed and our pillows the most comfortable things ever. You spend like what eight hours in your bed every single night you want those eight hours especially when you're a parent to be as restful and restorative as you can like you don't want to get in bed and hate the experience and not be able to you know settle down and get comfy
1: speak for yourself
0: (laughs) so anyhow i spent so long learning about down pillows versus down alternative versus feather and down versus feather versus whatever and I went with, personally for me, a Brooklinen plush pillow. I got Shane. Which I
1: don't even believe that you truly love, by the way.
0: I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Why don't you think I like it?
1: Because you made a decision. It didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And you know I'm returning my Brooklyn pillow. I've
0: already returned it.
1: Because it was ridiculously soft in the most annoying way possible.
0: No. It is, it is amazing. If I wanted to return it, honestly, I would if I didn't think it was perfect. But... You know, your head is so Shane doesn't like because it, it was way too plush. So it's a 100% down pillow, mega plush. You put your head in it and your head sinks right to the bottom and then the pillow fluffs up on both sides of you. And it,
1: you could suffocate to death. And I'm not saying Brooke Lennon Lin- <laughs> has bad pillows. They have
0: amazing pillows.
1: But they give you three options. They give you really soft, medium, and a firmer pillow. And when you had asked me, "Oh, what do you want it to feel like?" I first of all I said, "Let's get the Sheridan pillows." I was, "Let's get the pillows we originally wanted the pillows to be like." But I said, "Oh, I want to be like I want it to be like I'm resting on a cloud." I say that jokingly, just using it for, "Give me an awesome pillow."
0: <laughs> Anyhow. I love it. And I do feel like I'm on a cloud every night. It's it's amazing. But so we sent she You do not.
1: And <clears throat> just, I do. Yeah. Alex will order a meal that's terrible. And then while she's eating it, she'll go, mm, this is actually good. I like this. And then only a month and a half later will she admit she didn't really like the meal. No. But that's a, a character trait you have.
0: Well, let the record show... I love my damn pillow. I
1: believe you'll always say that because you'll never return it because you're so stubborn.
0: Shane, I can return. I have up to a year to return it if I don't like it anymore. We'll this see. company has amazing policies. Wait till
1: my Sheraton pillow shows up.
0: Do wait, wait. I'm sure it's gonna be amazing. So that's the thing. So I ordered Shane a down alternative Sheraton pillow, and then we got a new comforter too, because the comforter currently on our bed I've had since I was 15 got us a new Sheraton Hotel down alternative comforter. So we're gonna be hopefully. In, like, mega dreamland every night.
1: I hope so. Yeah. And we have a weighted blanket also.
0: Oh, just thinking about it. It's, like, making me excited. Weighted excited blankets are worth it. Mm-hmm. Next question. Alex, are you actually writing a book Shane talked about it on the last podcast? Was he being serious? Yes. So we'll see. We'll see. I will... I'd like to say I'm going to try, but I'm going to do better than that, and I'm actually going to do it. Will it be good? I don't know, but I will do it, and I will finish it, and I feel pretty pumped up about it right now.
1: I'm excited. I'm happy when you're excited.
0: Yeah, I'm pumped up about it, and I'm feeling like I have good ideas, which I never feel like because I never think my ideas are worthy. And again, maybe once I'm finished writing, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to be like, you know what? No, not worthy, not good. Scrap it, but at least I will have done it. So I guess... Maybe this is also one of my resolutions for this year. All right. Next question. Do you think that post-COVID, people will continue to value time together, or do you think things will go back to normal?
1: I think for the first three months, the streets are going to be wild with Mm. people just reveling and... You know, making out and doing it And it's going to be like People are going to be on spending sprees Caligula Everyone, Caligula indeed Everyone's going to be in Tahiti <laughs> Tahiti <laughs> Every, Well, everyone's going to take a vacation At the exact same time It's going to be splendiferous
0: There you go, You nice. know,
1: people are going to be splurging Everywhere they can The restaurant industry is going to be like Lineups out Boomer. the door Yeah, all business that was lost through this I think is going to quickly recoup
0: Mm-hmm See, that's, that's what I would think too and that's what I'm hoping for. I was doing a little bit of research on this just because I wanted to know if people had done writing on this yet and Shiva Raji, founder of the Center for Anxiety and OCD in Irvine, California, wrote a piece on this and she suggests that people might have a quote-unquote COVID state of mind when this is all done and that'll impact the little things we do like from getting haircuts to going to bars being more intimate with friends like actually hugging and everything and I know some people do that already but I guess this is for the people in the population who have been living a little bit more isolated maybe people like us or people that you know are in really ravaged areas and Shiva Raji also suggests that you know because the virus made even like the most totally mundane activities feel treacherous these phobias that people might have already had or might have developed will become exacerbated when we are allowed out but the only way to get over that is by exposing ourselves and what <laughs> just flash Alex. everybody on the bus no but you know just getting out and every day just do one new thing
1: will you feel comfortable though exposing yourself to the elderly <laughs> this is a joke i feel like we used a couple weeks ago but i, like I do too. like it and i feel like it actually has a return in value it's the more pertinent we use it.
0: um but yeah so this person has been studying you know COVID's effects on people thus far and she made a comment that fomo has turned into fogo it's so like the fear of going out, yeah. which I thought was interesting, um, but also talked about the fact that people are developing agoraphobia. Do you know what that is?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's when they don't want to leave the house. Yeah. It's, the fear or, of going outside. Yeah. Just just call it FOGO. It's easier.
0: <laughs> They're developing FOGO. But yeah, exposure... In the sense that you're putting yourself outside is going to be a an important part of recovery for people like that.
1: I think a big part for people is going to be alcohol is going to help people expose themselves to people. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trying to be funny it typically there. Typically does. No, but I do think at first people will be tentative, and then after a few drinks, they'll be singing sea shanties and hugging and kissing and reveling
0: baby boom again baby boom yeah yeah we had the covid the quarantine baby boom because everybody was bored and then we're gonna have the next baby boom when everybody's just so excited to get at each other that uh you know they forget to wrap it up
1: what was the thing called after the great depression the booming 20s what
0: was it the roaring 20s
1: the roaring 20s yeah it'll be like that
0: and our final question for the night Would you ever lend money to family or friends? Sometimes money can ruin relationships. So I found a really good article on NBC on the subject, and it said that 45% of adults, so almost half, sorry, and it said that 46% of adults, so almost half, who have lent money to a family member or a friend have reported that it was a negative experience. Surprise, surprise. 37% say that they lost money, and 21% say that their relationship was irreparably... Ruined.
1: It's tough. It depends how much the amount is. Yeah. If we're talking thousands of dollars, this person must be in dire straits. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't even be asking me for the money. <laughs> so I, I would give the money if they were in dire straits. If there's children involved, if it's helping that, and then it's like, hey, if they can pay me back, they can pay me back. What would hurt is if they could obviously pay me back and, and they, they chose didn't. not to. That would rub me the wrong way. Would
0: you be able to bring that up?
1: Yeah, I would bring it up. I'm a pretty blunt person. Mm -hmm. I'm also a very forgiving person. and that It's almost a fault I have in me because sometimes people are like, hey, that's a mean person. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, but they're good inside. And then they think I'm associated (laughs) with mean people.
0: Yeah, see, I think for me it would have to depend on who it was, how trustworthy they are so then i'd have to think okay if they lose the money are they gonna work hard at getting it back to me even if it takes a long time like are are they just you know that type of person and if they are then yeah it'll be way easier to lend money but if not that would be hard. That would be so difficult. And you know, this article also talks about the fact that money lending should always be financial. It should never be emotional. And it talks about like you know, sometimes it might pull at your heartstrings. Somebody might be in need, so don't lend at those times. But for me, it's like that's that's when I would lend. You know, if I if I had the funds to lend, that's when I would do it. I think
1: that's smart if you have the money. That's when you can lend it, right? (laughs) I'm not lending money if I don't have it. Okay, fine, I'll lend it. Where is it? I don't have it. If you're,
0: you know, not so set up financially, like if you haven't read The Rebel Mamas, get your shit together yet, and you don't have a ton of money saved up, it's like maybe you shouldn't be lending it because you have to look out for your own family.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: But there's a really good quote from Shakespeare's Hamlet. So Polonius tells his son Laertes this quote on lending, which, you know, you might be able to glean something from. He says, neither a borrower nor a lender be, for loan oft loses, both itself and friend.
1: I hope he said it cooler than that. <laughs> something about that delivery <laughs> threw me off.
0: I'm not a Shakespearean Wait, let me actor.
1: analyze these words again. Okay. Say it. I was thrown off.
0: Neither a borrower nor a lender be, for loan oft loses, both itself and friend.
1: Why'd you read it the same way? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I tried to read it differently. Okay. In your normal
1: voice, just read it. (laughs) Sorry. Just read it like how you're talking to me.
0: Neither a borrower nor lender be, for loan oft loses, both itself and friend.
1: No, still not computing. (laughs) Tell me what it means.
0: Well, it's don't borrow money, don't lend money, because, you know, loans, you often, if you're going to make a loan or take a loan, you're going to lose the money and you're going to lose the friend that you're borrowing or lending to. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense.
1: That's Shakespeare. No (laughs) wonder he's so popular.
0: (laughs) Anyhow, baby, that's it.
1: Good job. I love you. And of course, I'm talking to the audience (laughs) listening. Thank you for giving us that five-star rating in advance. Not that you have been, because they really don't give the five-star ratings unless we put it on the Instagram page.
0: I know, but if you are listening, if you made it this far, folks, we would so appreciate And we would truly love you personally if you gave us a five-star rating and a nice, kind little review. What do you like about our podcast? We will... Love you forever. There's no other way to say it.
1: But thank you so much for listening to This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast.
0: Podcast, Episode 68.